Welcome back to another exciting episode of Latinos Who Thrive. I'm your host, Victor Escalante. This week, we're thrilled to have two esteemed guests, Jose Monterosa and Michelle Wickmanby, joining us. Jose and Michelle are here to share their expertise on leveraging the flywheel technique to excel in sales and marketing. Join us as they unravel the secrets behind this innovative approach and shed light on how to propel individuals to thrive in the competitive landscape of sales and marketing. Through their experiences and insights, they'll provide invaluable tips and strategies for leveraging the flywheel technique to achieve success in these fields. Get ready for an enlightening discussion packed with practical advice and actionable steps, a deep dive into this week's episode of Latinos Who Thrive. So let's get on with it. And we are back, friends, uh, with Victor Escalante Live, another show where we bring you a very timely and interesting topic, Breaking the Code, Strategies for Attracting Clients Using the Flywheel Marketing Model. Uh, we have in, in uh, with us uh, our resident marketer, Jose Monterrosa with uh, Imagina Communications. Welcome, Jose. Uh, thank you. Thank you again for the for the invitation. This is the happiest month of the year. So yes. we're going to have a happy conversation today about how Absolutely. to attract customers. And we have, of course, uh, Michelle Wickmandy, who is also a friend of the show. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Victor. It's nice to be back. And I, I agree with Jose. This is the best time of the year and a great time to be thinking about your marketing for 2024. Absolutely. We have done extensive research, friends. If you work in sales, if you work in advertising and marketing, this is a must for you to watch. Maybe even I would go so far as to say, watch it again, because we're going to unpack a lot of very valuable information for you. So why don't we go ahead and get started? Uh, uh, to begin with, Jose, why don't you go ahead and give us a context for today's conversation in relation to last week's? Absolutely. Uh, and so so last week we talked broadly about the flywheel, right? Uh, today we want to talk about a specific stage of the flywheel, and that is the one that uh, with the name of attract, which is basically how to gain customers, right? How to get those consumers into the door or to try our, our products. But before getting into those details, uh, maybe just give a little bit uh, for those that didn't watch the show last week maybe just give them a little bit of context about the flywheel. Uh, this is a concept that was basically generated decades ago, uh, but it was brought into the business environment, environment by, by a guy named Jim Collins, and he wrote a book, a book called The Good to Great. Uh, that book is basically where he introduces the concept of flywheel into the business environment. Now, years later, uh, HubSpot uh, took that concept and reintroduced the concept of the flywheel uh, more to the marketing and sales field. And that's what we are talking about today, the flywheel that was generated by HubSpot. So uh, to understand the flywheel, we need to have clarity on three basic concepts. One is about adding force. The second one is about minimizing friction. And the third one is about gaining momentum, right? So, so they talk about how to push a, a metal wheel so it can start rotating. And it takes a lot of effort for that wheel to start 
you know, going in circles to the point that you make a 360 and you're trying to minimize the friction as the wheel turns. And the idea is that the wheel uh, will gain momentum and it start turning by itself. That is the most simple way to understand the basic concept behind uh, the flywheel. But uh, the, the, the flywheel that HubSpot has uh, uh, basically uh, introduces three or four components. One is the attract. That is the first one. The second one is the engage. And the third one is the light. Uh, if we cover those three stages based on the model, we should gain momentum on our sales uh, for a specific product or a specific uh, service. So let's talk about the attract stage a little bit more. Attract, as the name implies, is about bringing customers uh, into our, uh, uh, to buy our product, to buy our service. This is the initial stage of the flywheel. This is how we start to build that relationship with customers and consumers. So any business can expect this to be the stage in which they are doing heavy investment on research and marketing. Now, why is important to do research on this stage? Well, multiple reasons why you want to do that. But the, basically the most important one is that you want to nail down who your customer, who your consumer is. And for that, there's no other solution than doing research. So we want to understand what problem we are solving. And that is basically understanding where the gap in the market is and how our product and service is to provide a solution to that problem. We need to have clarity on that. Otherwise, we're going to be shooting in the dark, right? Uh, we also need to understand what variables on that product under in that service are will be basically driving sales. So in the past, we talked about CoinJoy analysis, which is basically trying to, uh, if we have a cell phone, we need to know what features on that cell phone make it unique and will drive people to buy it, right? So that is, that is another thing that we need to have clarity on. We also need to have clarity on the value proposition, right? What are the benefits associated uh, with the product and service that we are trying to promote? Um, what, what are, where are the potential clients located? You know, if, we, if this is a business in the Houston area, are they located throughout Houston? Or are there a specific areas in the Houston area where those customers are located at? Let me unpack uh, some of what you already said to make uh -huh. it very practical in the viewers' uh, minds. So this is, uh, uh, you're talking about Marketing 101, and we had the gentleman who, uh, his, he's a market researcher, talk about uh, how uh, when he approaches a, a, a client uh, who has a specific need for research, there is extensive work that goes into that in creating all those elements that you just described for us. Now, in the old days, how did brands attract customers? And one of the, the brands that comes to mind is, uh, uh, I believe, is uh, there's famous Amos. Uh, do, do you guys remember the other famous cookie company that got started in a mall and they started sampling uh, uh, pieces of cookies? Uh, and, and that's how they built their brand by sampling, again, attracting 
attracting interest in, in the product by going out into the hallways of the mall and attracting uh, interested people to taste their cookie. I believe it was, uh, uh, I'll have to look it up, but if yeah. you guys don't remember the brand. Well, sampling is part of the research process, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, it's maybe for some companies it may not be official, but sampling is research. Uh, we want to make sure being, effectively in market uh, in in food markets as well as the the big shopping clubs like Sam's Club and Costco, to where you have brands that are that are sampling uh, their product or, uh, or or they're pitching you something else because again they want to attract your interest. Sure, and and they may be doing sampling if they if they are located at a grocery store they may be doing sampling just to generate trial on the product right. But before that, sampling is a valid research uh, technique that can be used. And so thank you for bringing that up. Uh, now, in the process of doing sampling, you also need to understand who your customer is, right? Yes. And, and, and for many companies, uh, or maybe one of the uh, best practices uh, that is being used lately, uh, and by lately, I'm, I'm going to go back to maybe seven years, right? Uh, is developing personas. Uh, yes. This is primarily useful uh, for social media purposes. Uh, we wanna, uh, hypothetically, uh, in the research process, we wanna put a face and we wanna put the demographics and we wanna put the lifestyle of, of those individuals so we can have a better mind map of who these people are, where they are located, what specifically we uh, need, we are approaching with them. Another thing that needs to happen on that attract stage, uh, on the initial uh, uh, steps of the attract stage, is to understand what the narrative is going to be. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, Michelle is going to touch on, on, on the context aspect of, of the attract stage. But uh, we need to know what the main message is going to be and what are those narrative themes associated with that main message? Because maybe that's what we are going to be using on social media platforms, on blog posts. We're gonna be telling the story of this product and how this product is solving a problem, right? Uh, so, so that is extremely important. And the other part is understanding your competitors. And for this, there are multiple frameworks of the things that you can do from the research point of view. That can be a SWOT analysis, that can be a perceptual analysis, which is basically directing you to understand how your product is positioned against your competitors in the market, and, and also uh, understand the growth matrix. Uh, you know, we, we, we have talked in the past about the cash cows, right, and the star products, the, the ones that are basically rising. We, we need to understand where our product fits into that matrix. So there are different ways to analyze the competition. I just mentioned three different frameworks that can help you in that. Now, a good example of how things can go bad if you don't do your research upfront uh, uh, before engaging customers uh, is, is the Coke example. Uh, I think this happened in 1985 when Coke basically you know, introduced a new flavor uh, of Coca-Cola. People, I, I obviously they did their research, but maybe they didn't realize how emotionally attached people were 
with that original taste of Coca-Cola to the point that people demanded that the old product be brought into the market. Not Let me share something now. interesting with you uh, related to that story. Uh -huh. I had a client that was district uh, manager for Coke uh, when that happened. Okay. She told me that people were stockpiling in their garage <laughs> the mm. old Coke when news got out that it was going to be phased out. That's okay. how that's how important the consumer considered the old Coke to uh, to the new uh, uh, to the new recipe that was coming out. And, and the and reason, from a psychological perspective, the reason that it was a disaster was that America's uh, personality filter or analysis for products is always new and improved, new and improved. New and improved is the concept of same, but improved. Now, the Coke strategy was, it was totally different. It's like there was no continuity to the old and, and they were going totally with a brand new product. And that's why the marketplace rebelled because it was new and improved. That's why uh, Procter & Gamble always come out with a new and improved version of Cheer. It's the same old Cheer, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. they, may, they may add different uh, uh, features to it, but it's still the same old Cheer that you always bought. But if you keep selling the same old Cheer, again, the market is going to level out, and that's why they always have to come out with new and improved. Uh, so so that's uh, my input related to that. But yeah. that's an excellent example of how market research got it totally wrong as best uh, as they could. And, and the, the CEO at the time had enough common sense to bring back Classic Coke. They rebranded Classic Coke and sales spiked uh, even uh, higher than what they were before they rolled out the new Coke. They, they generated a problem and they probably find, found a solution very quickly yes. <laughs> and boosted sales, right? Today's Finding sales, a solution is the problem. Yeah. Some people would say that was a conspiracy. Yes. <laughs> All along to disrupt yeah. the market, generate a lot of attention, and then revert back to uh, to the old classic Coke. Michelle, you were going to say something. Well, yeah, and I was going to say, so there's always been that competition between Coke and Pepsi. Yes. So when this mistake happened and they brought back the original Coke, that launched them into being the leading soft drink again. Yes, absolutely. So, so it was a mistake. It was a mistake, but um, in the end, it, it ended up being better for them. Yes. You're listening to Latinos Who Thrive with special guests Jose Monterrosa and Michelle Wickmandy. We'll be right back. Are you ready to unlock your full potential and embark on a journey of limitless knowledge and boundless creativity? Look no further than Wizard Academy, where dreams become reality. At Wizard Academy, they are not just a school. They're a community of visionaries, dreamers, and achievers. Whether you're a student, a working professional, or someone looking to reinvent yourself, Wizard Academy has a place for you. I know because I'm a graduate of the World Changers class of 2007 when I worked in print media. Imagine being guided by industry experts where innovation knows no bounds and where your passions are transformed into skills. 
Their cutting-edge programs span technology, business, arts, and more. You'll discover the magic within you, and you will it with confidence. At Wizard Academy, they embrace diversity and creativity, and they celebrate your unique journey. So be sure to join them in the heart of innovation, where the extraordinary becomes ordinary. Visit them at www.wizardacademy.org now to explore their lineup of courses, faculty, and the incredible success stories of this community. Your future is waiting. Unleash your inner wizard today. Are you looking to take your career to the next level? Do you want to stand out from the crowd and make a lasting impression? Then look no further. Introducing the ultimate game changer, the Escalante Public Speaking Mastery Course. In today's competitive world, effective communication is the key to success. Whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out, the ability to speak confidently and persuasively is a game changer. I know, because I have lived through it. That's why the Public Speaking Mastery Course is here to unlock your full potential. The comprehensive course is designed to transform your public speaking skills from good to extraordinary. I will be guiding you through a step-by-step -step process, helping you overcome stage fright, craft compelling messages, and deliver impactful presentations. When I took the Dale Carnegie School of Public Speaking and Human Relations, it changed my life and I will be able to help you do the same. My career in journalism and training and development was built on having the skills to be able to communicate to a team or thousands. I hold nothing back. I will give you all my trade secrets and how you can thrive and crush it. Imagine walking into a boardroom and captivating your audience with your powerful presence. Picture yourself confidently leading meetings, delivering persuasive pitches, and commanding attention in every interaction. With a public speaking mastery course, you'll be equipped with the skills to excel in any professional situation. If you're ready to take the step and supercharge your career, enroll in the public speaking mastery course today. All the information and the cost is in the show notes. Don't let fear hold you back. Unlock your potential, elevate your career, and become a master of public speaking. Go to the show notes to register today to secure your spot in the next session of Public Speaking Mastery Course. Public Speaking Mastery Course, empowering professionals, transforming careers. Act now and make a lasting impression in every opportunity that comes your way. You will be glad you did and you will thrive for the rest of your life. We now return you to Latinos Who Thrive with special guests Jose Monterrosa and Michelle Wickmandy. Us marketers know uh, that there are no mistakes in in uh, in sales and marketing. You just pivot. Whatever happens, you just pivot and you spin right. it. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. We can go to the next slide, I guess. There you go. Michelle, you what want to take it over? What your content strategy be? Okay. So, so Jose touched on the importance of knowing who your audience is, and I, I can't, um, I, I completely agree with that. So first and foremost, make sure you know who it is that you're talking with. And in terms of putting that persona together, definitely know who the person is, 
Um, it helps to know what their pain points are, what is it they're looking for, what type of content do they gravitate to, and knowing something about um, likes, dislikes, and things like that. When I think about writing content for somebody, it also helps to have that picture. And so, so your content comes across as if you're actually having a conversation with somebody as opposed to talking to your audience. So, so that persona is extremely important. Um, next, in terms of for our content strategy, make sure you know what your goals are. Um, understand why you're creating the content and uh, what your goals are. So um, is the goal to have uh, your content drive traffic to your website? Is it uh, to drive people to a landing page for them to sign up or to purchase a product? Know what those, know what your, your customer needs, know what their pain points are, and then tailor that content to satisfy their needs. And it sounds easier said than done. We, we actually have to put a lot of work into it to truly understand what the customer needs at that point in time. And do we need to create a blog post? Do we need to create an article? Do we need to create ads? So there's a variety of different content that we can produce to help um, satisfy the customer's needs to help to close that gap. Um, Jose, did you have anything to add to that? No, I, I, I just wanted to maybe just uh, highlight the, the fact that, you know, we need to include social media, obviously, in, into this. And, and many times what happens is that, you know, you, you will develop content for a blog post, right? Uh, but you know that you, you can break it down into different uh, social media posts uh, so you can extend the life of that specific content that you're sharing on your website through social media. Uh, and there are different things that you can play with that content, either by, by probably adding photographs, adding videos, adding infographics. Again, this is just to enrich that content that has been generated for web purposes, but you, in a way, are restructuring that content and start sharing it on social media platforms in different ways, pretty much. Jose, I want to get your opinion. Uh, what you're describing is a drip strategy. Why is drip strategies now required in the new marketplace as opposed to just putting a blog post that is full and rich of information? Well, I, I think that if you have clarity on what those narratives need to be uh, and what is the goal of that specific blog post that fits into a predefined narrative, then you can think about, you know, how can I maximize the exposure of this content that I just generated and start using it in the different channels, right? Uh, we know that maybe a 1,000 or 2,000 word a white paper is not going to be a fit on social media, but, you know, we can take that, maybe we can separate that into 10 
or seven different sections that we can share on social media platforms and have that drip effect uh, that you're mentioning, uh, uh, Victor, uh, on social media platforms. But uh, I guess the point is, okay, so, so we have this white paper. Can we convert that into a blog post? Can we convert that into a press release? Can we convert that into uh, a YouTube video? Can we convert that into a social media uh, post that can be used on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook, or Twitter, whatever you're using, right? It's, 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 it's being strategic and at the same tactical about how you, uh, how you think about content that is being generated. And in the old days, it required teams. Now, talk about how AI has eliminated research and teams to be able to do it on the fly yes uh, uh again ai uh to me continues to be a tool that can help you uh, think rapidly uh, uh about how to uh structure your content right and how to customize it uh to different platforms it can definitely help a lot so, I, I don't want to uh, lose the train of thought because, again, listeners, you first have to start with the premise of what problem are you solving? What is the right. price point that your product or service is offering the consumer? Who is your audience so that you can attract uh, that, it, that, that next step, which we're going to go into uh, next? Engage. Right. Oh, best practices for inbound marketing. This is your slide, right. Michelle. The the other thing, though, Victor, that I that I need to add about um, going back to the previous slide is to make sure to do a content audit, oh, and yeah. then making sure that um, you're you take an audit of what content you have. Um, try to look at the gaps, and then the other thing that I do is I do a competitive content analysis. So I take a look at what I have, and then it's also important to see what your competitors are producing and see if there's those gaps. So if you align with your competitors or if you don't align with your competitors and then start asking the questions, maybe do I need some more white papers because my competitors have um, an entire library or do I need more blog posts? So I find that doing these audits is very beneficial as well. And of course, you can use AI to analyze that content, right? And 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 let uh, AI tell you, or at least give you a hint of what is working. If you find one content that is working really well for one of your competitors, maybe you wanna look at the source code of that content on a specific page drop it on chat GPT or whatever you're using and let the system analyze it because it's, it's going to give you some hints of what is working for that specific content. So that's, that's another trick that you're that a needle probably... marketer. <laughs> the other, another, Completely another valid. Free, yeah. Another free tool that you can use if you need to, if you're going right from the beginning and you're doing some web scraping is I like to use screaming frog. And that's uh, that's a free tool for web scraping. It's limited. The free version, of course, is limited. But there are some free tools available that will help you start developing your content strategy 
And then if you feel that you need to dive deeper, there's some paid tools as well. So best practices for inbound marketing, of course, again, we start with our customer. We think about where they are in the process. If we are at the attract stage, the engage stage, or the delight phase, but we're talking today just about the attract stage. So thinking about what, what, how do we need to frame our content? What type of content do we need to produce in order to attract them and capture their attention? Um, in many cases, in the during the attract stage, our customers are looking for information. They're at the very top of the funnel. Previously, we would have called it a sales funnel, and we would have thought about the um, gaining attraction at the very top. So, in this point, at this point, it's very important to have things like social media posts, to have blog posts, give them a taste of the information that they're looking for and make it very desirable and that making it desirable from the onset will help to pull them through the funnel. Because your process is already in motion. It's already spinning and, and you've got the traction in the marketplace uh, through consumers that are talking about your product or service. And, and so rather than, than starting at the top, it's like, you're, they're engaging with you at a point that there is a uh, there's a desire to to engage with a brand that is offering what they need, and so they're not starting uh, uh, in rotating the the momentum. It's like they're attracted to your momentum because of what you're doing in the marketplace. Absolutely, that, that is, make sure you you meet them where they are and give them the right content and keep that conversation build on that build on that foundation on that relationship strengthen it with the with more content share those reviews um give them bite-sized content and give them full content like in blog posts jose you have something to say no uh, you 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 both touch on the the fact that you know there there is an intent on the on the consumer or customer ends to find information related uh to, to that specific topic, right? So in, inbound marketing is pretty much putting the information in their face. <laughs> Here it is, you know, you can go this way uh, to my website because that's where you're going to find or my social media platform because that's where you're going to find uh, that additional information that you're looking for. Uh, but but the premise is that there is an intent uh, on, on, on their end to find information related to, to, to what they're looking for. And, and that is the success story of Google, right? And, and Google AdWords. Yes. There's an intent uh, from the user because they are doing a search themselves, right? They are trying to find something. And when they do the search and they find your website or your landing page, then you have accomplished uh, the whole idea behind inbound marketing. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. Analytics. So why is measurement important and analytics so important? Well, we need to understand what is working and from what is not working. And we need to ask the questions, why is one piece of content working and maybe another piece of content is not working as we expected? So now we start to dive deep into analyzing this content because the whole purpose of this program is to make sure that 
we are attracting the right customers and we are feeding them the right information at the right time to establish and, and strengthen these relationships. And the and, only and, way that we're going to know that is by, by looking at the metrics. Jose, go ahead. Yeah, so 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 we 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 mentioned at the beginning the the three key components of of the flywheel, right? Uh, the 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 force that needs to be generated, the friction that happens into that circle effect that takes place, and gaining the momentum. To me, the the analyzing uh, the the metrics or reviewing the metrics of you know whatever content you're sharing is you're trying to minimize the friction. Uh, uh, so that wheel gains momentum. So that is why I think it's extremely important. If you believe in the concept of flywheel, it's extremely important to understand that looking at the analytics and connecting the the importance of analytics with minimizing friction is is extremely important. Uh, and, and especially if your end goal is to gain momentum, then you know that this is a step that needs to take place, I think. Talk about the typical friction points uh, that companies uh, face, uh, Jose, because I can think of a lot, but I want to pick your brain. The typical friction points? Yeah, uh, typical friction points. Yeah, well, it, it, I, I think that in the, uh, in the previous show, we talked about, uh, you know, those individuals that are trying to get an answer uh, for uh, uh, a specific question that they may have about the product that they already bought from you. Uh, but it's 7 p.m., it's 8 p.m., and you don't have a 24-7 service that can answer those questions. That is generating friction. And, and, uh, and, and we said, I remember that we talked about this, that, the, the, that it, we, we have to blame the Internet uh, for this because there is a need to get answers now. I mean, I'm not going to wait for next week. I'm not going to wait for tomorrow. Or maybe your guy is on vacation and then he's coming back in two weeks. No, I want to. My answers need to be approached like right now. Yes. So those are the things that uh, in many cases generate friction. And if you realize that you live in an internet world that is 24-7, then you need to understand that maybe I need to answer this to this guy right now. And, you know, technology allows you to find solutions to that. I mean, it's not like you need to hire a new sales team or a customer service team right. to do that. Yeah. There's one company that comes to mind, Jose, that, that, that they understood this principle, and they are one of the leaders in their market. It's an air uh, and heating air conditioning company air and heating, air conditioning, and they understood that when your air conditioning breaks, you need a repairman right away. Okay? Oh, yeah, especially and, in the summer. Yeah, uh, or, or a plumber. Uh, imagine having a, a Christmas party and your, your, uh, your plumbing uh, goes out. Yeah. So this company, what they did is they created two teams. One, a rapid response team which uh, uh. the consumer was told that there is an added fee for, for the rapid response. And of course, again, people don't care. Uh, and, and so they were able to, uh, to engage with that customer 
and to be able to make them a satisfied and happy customer for life because of that that at value added service. Hey, it it sounds like the special forces of plumbing, right? Yes. Yes. They respond immediately. So exactly. uh, yeah, <laughs> must be an army guy. Must be a veteran. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them, but they uh, they were uh, they were highly successful with that. In fact, they grew the company so fast that they end up uh, uh, being made an offer to sell the company at a price they couldn't refuse. Well, they clearly identified the gap. Well, and the they understood. They also understood their customers' needs. So, step yeah. number one: understand the customer. Well, guys, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there because our time is up and we barely scratched the surface. <laughs> on, hey, we're on, coming back. On this. So we're going to be bringing you more ideas on what you can do to, uh, to inject some steroids into your marketing, into your sales, because, again, the old way of doing business is gone and it's never coming back. And brands that don't get it, are really shooting themselves because they're missing out on a lot of other business that you could be having, but you're, they're go, you're, that business is going to your competitors if they're applying the flywheel uh, marketing approach. Great, thank you very much. <laughs>